Hello and welcome to Hot Air Diviners, an enchanting podcast where casual conversation blends into cosmic wisdom. Join me, Natasha, your dedicated card slinger, and me, Lauren, the cosmic queen of chaos, on a long-winded journey, where we'll be exploring the intersection of tarot, astrology, and beyond. Hello, Lauren. Hey, Natasha. How are you? Good. Good. Just getting some chats. Oh, I see you follow my lead there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're all trying to uh, make sure our dry lips don't become your problem. Mm-hmm. We have to be well lubricated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually that just means wine, but <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> early for that. All right. Well, we are here mm-hmm. with our... Well, I don't know. I guess this is a surprise. I don't know if you mentioned this in the last episode or not, but our not quite last episode of the season, mm-hmm. because it turns out we're going to have a uh, a little extra episode that comes out after this one, because the last one we recorded was kind of really long. <laughs> yeah, it was over an hour and a half, and it was just, it was too much for, for anyone's ear holes to absorb in one sitting so we split up uh the last episode so as we're listening to this today it is september 19th and the episode 19 on spotting fake or counterfeit tarot decks just came out and the out of bounds moon episode which was supposed to be all one episode will be coming out next week Oh, no, it'll be coming out. Oh, yes. Sorry. It's so hard when you're like recording at one time and then talking about when the episode will actually come out. Mm -hmm. And then you're talking about the future after that. So, yes, next week you'll have one little episode that comes out October 3rd, Mm -hmm. which is a little bonus that we didn't plan on. So hope you all are looking forward to it. It was an interesting conversation. Uh, It sure is. (laughs) Yeah. So, what have you been up to this past week? How did the uh, Virgo moon treat you? It was all right. It was nice. It's it's funny. I feel like I feel like I've been really busy. But if you ask me what I've done, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it's like you know, I don't know if anyone else ever feels like that. But that's that's how I feel right now. Yeah, I don't know. It was a really like tired week for me, so I didn't do a whole lot. Um, had a nice little fire though over the weekend, which was lovely. Just kind mm-hmm. of like chill with a friend. Um, yeah, that was mostly it for me. Cool. Me? What did I do? I don't know either. I feel like yeah, the same. I feel like you know that that squirrel we were talking about in the Virgo episode that is uh, <laughs> trying to prepare for uh, the season of ahead and and but like I don't have like one tree to store my nuts in I have they're just scattered everywhere so I'm like (laughs) throwing nuts over in this tree and then I'm running over here and the nuts are falling out of that tree and I'm trying to just get all my nuts in a row (laughs) good luck with that (laughs) it's entirely too many nuts (laughs) it it is (laughs) oh so I I um Right before this episode, I always like to try out new types of divination that I've created in my own brain. And <laughs> I I don't know if this is gonna if we're even gonna be able to share this or not. We can we we'll see. 
we'll see how it how it comes out on the other end. But I decided I was going to do a TikTok divination. And I, so I was going to open up. I was like, what do I what do I need to know today? Or what is something I need to know just in general? So I open up TikTok and I'm like, so the first video is going to is going to tell me something that, you know, will be helpful to me in some way. So I wanted to share that with everyone with what I got. Are you ready? Oh, that's funny. Did you go to like your feed or like yeah, your just like the for you page? Yeah, just okay. the for you page. So it was super random, I guess. I mean, the algorithm. Yes, it kind of helps me. <laughs> so here it goes. So this is what I this is what I got. Hey, what's your retirement plan? Mine is I want to be just an old Appalachian witchy woman living in a hut, sitting bones that I whittled out of bones and everyone's like where the fuck does she get all those bones from and I don't answer because I'm Appalachian and old and I just got a bunch of fucking jars <laughs> and jars just fucking I don't know preserves a bunch of goos just various goos goo jars and I got a goose <laughs> goose she's mean as hell and she'll bite your kids and so ah! All right, so that's what I. That's a. <laughs> that's amazing. I also aspire to be that person. <laughs> I don't really know what I'm supposed to take away from that in this moment today, but there we go. Maybe just that you're on the right track. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I am in the mountains. I don't have a shag or a goose. I have some bones, not very many. Most of them are in my body. Um, I'd like for them to <laughs> well, stay there. Ideally, where they should be. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's amazing. But I have a I have a jar. I have jars. I have jars for days. I mean, all shapes and sizes. I don't have you any. Can, you can keep all of your child's uh, mouth bones that she ejects. <laughs> <laughs> or has that already happened? I forget I, when that happens. <laughs> I have I have some. Yeah, I have I have some of her teeth. They're hidden because we're still like we're. I think we're at the end of the tooth fairy kind of stage age. She's got some some still some baby teeth and like molars. They're gonna. But so they're hidden right now. Yeah, <laughs> they're not in a just display jar anywhere. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> uh, uh, that's so funny. Yeah, we'll have to put a link to to that video in the show notes. Um, yeah, that way people can can find the creator or whoever. But that's hilarious. I want to know if anybody else does that. Like, like comes up with their own uh, random type of divination thing. And like, what do you do? I knew we talked about this and you said you do tea tags. Yeah. Yeah. I Sometimes I get on a kick. Um, do you have any new ones? Uh, I did. I hadn't. I don't drink as much tea in the summer just because it's so hot yeah. all the time. And I, I don't like cold tea very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I pulled a cute one that was something about like, let your wild heart be wild and free something like that that was just adorable you know and like kind of mm -hmm. cheesy in that motivational poster kind of way mm -hmm. um but yeah i was like oh that's nice and then i immediately like dropped the whole tag into my teacup uh that's just <laughs> the kind of person i am <sighs> that's funny i came up with another one that i've been doing that i really i really like and it's kind of it's super silly and fun um but also kind of kind of helpful in a way um sock drawer divination so i have a whole drawer of socks <laughs> and and there are a lot of them don't aren't aren't put together so like just reaching down into the sock drawer in the morning you know when i'm getting dressed and not looking at and just pulling out a sock and seeing what kind of sock i get <laughs> is it a fun sock 
will it be a fun day, a playful day, a wild day? Um, Is it an old sock? Is it a worn out sock? You know, and just like, what kind of sock do I get? And what can that tell me about how uh, my day is going to (laughs) go? That's so funny. It seems, I mean, pretty on point so far. So. Yeah, is it um is it predicting or like self fulfilling prophecy though? It's like ah, if I'm wearing fun socks, I'm just more likely to make sure the day is fun. Yeah, no, I don't wear the sock. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of. I have a lot of. I was just like, oh, maybe she is like. I mean, how can you not have a fun day if you're wearing like mismatched socks with like I don't know Halloween prints on them or something? I'm very weird about my socks and my like. So it has to be the right, right sock for the season. Like if I pull out a, <laughs> like if I pull out a, f- a fuzzy, if I fill the fuzzy sock and that's when I grab, um, and it's 95 degrees outside, you know. That's so funny. My sock drawer is too boring to be useful for divinations. Like, cause I always will buy like a large pack of all exactly the same socks so that I don't have to like struggle to match things. Yeah. I'm just a boring person. <laughs> <laughs> At least when it comes to my sock choices. Yeah, my socks today though, um, I I did, um, I did randomly pick out, and they're pink, and they say on the on the front of them, "Make it happen." Nice. Which I only found one, so then I had to dig for the other one to find it. <laughs> All right, so okay, probably should get into our topic now that we're ten minutes oh, yeah. in and we've talked about bones and geese and socks. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, we were here for some other reason. That's right. Um, I think it was the full moon in Aries. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about the full moon in Aries today. And then we're also going to talk about the um, solar eclipse next month in the sign of Libra. So let me kick it off with the full moon in Aries happening on September 29th at 5.57 a.m., We started off this cycle back in April with the new moon eclipse in the sign of Aries. So we've come full circle from the new moon in Aries in April to the full moon in Aries now in September. And so we were talked about like planting new seeds uh, because Aries is the sign that kicks off spring. So now that the sun has traveled halfway through the zodiac and is in the sign of Libra, it's kind of at this full moon illumination, the sun is kind of looking back at the moon in Aries and like where where it's been, where it's um, or where it came from, and where it's been up until this point. So it is really a, a culmination point for the the things that we started back in the spring, which was this podcast for one. Yeah, <laughs> just fun um, mm-hmm. and, and kind of poetic because we certainly like we didn't plan it this way we didn't sit down and say this is when season one is necessarily gonna like end or whatever no we did plan to start the we did plan to start Uh uh-huh because i was like well if we're gonna start this i was like this is a good place to start because it's i mean it's a good starting place and that's what it's yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's what the whole thing was about really (laughs) yeah and it was also it was like a mad dash to start as well because like the time between hey do you want to do this and like oh hey we're doing it was was quite short like uh-huh. a week maybe uh-huh. <laughs> it was like hey well guess what the next illumination is let's go it really did have that Aries energy to it because it was just you know yeah just go go yeah so it feels yeah it feels super appropriate to be here now it's like the new moon in Aries where you start stuff and now we're here at the, the full moon in Aries where you like look back at a cycle of completion and kind of like 
mm-hmm. review everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't have planned it better if we'd tried. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, probably could I mean, have. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm some stuff in the middle or whatever, but you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this full moon features, like I said, uh, the sun in Libra as well as Mars. And the sun is in fall in the sign of Libra and Mars is in detriment. Uh, fall and detriment tend to kind of have a, a negative connotation, but they aren't necessarily negative. The sun rules Leo, Mars rules Aries, and both signs, uh, but they're both very individualistic and concerned with the self. There, I got it out. So, <laughs> <laughs> whereas like the, the sign of Libra um, is, it is a masculine yang sign, but it's ruled by Venus, which is concerned with balance, equality, social harmony. Um, so, let me just use like an example. So, imagine the sun and Mars are people, and they typically work alone and kind of have like sole responsibility and freedom in their work. But when they get into the sign of Libra, it's as if they've been assigned a group project. And now they have to work as a team with Venus as the project manager. So if you just imagine, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it's not, um, it's just not an energy that they're adept to, I guess you would say. So yeah, because yeah. Venus wants harmony and diplomacy and cooperation and equality. Um, and the sun isn't used to following someone else's lead because it's the sun. You know, the planets typically revolve around it, not vice versa. And uh, Mars, the god of war, isn't exactly skilled in the art of diplomacy. Yeah, so it's just kind of like, it gives the feeling that the sun is is looking back to the starting place of where, where it's exalted. And it's kind of over in this, this new kind of um, space where it's not super comfortable, but that's where it is. That's That's the whole vibe of the full moon in Aries. We can do hard things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, what it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still the sun still function. It's in Libra, uh, but not like it would prefer. If that makes sense. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on all that? You got some cards for us? Um. Yeah, I guess so. I am really scatterbrained today. I'm kind of like all over the place. Um, and was struggling with what to talk about regarding like my topic or how I wanted to bring tarot into the astrology bit today and so I just pulled a couple cards before the episode started and I ended up with death and a reversed eight of wands um and usually I don't read reversals but it felt really appropriate Mm -hmm. today Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the sun being in and Mars both being kind of in this reverse position in Libra, like yeah. from the reverse from their position they would prefer to be in, where the sun is exalted and Mars. Yeah. Is in oh gosh, yeah, that does make sense now that you say it, mm-hmm. and especially like for Aries as like an archetype that I feel like wants to move really fast and mm-hmm. single-mindedly in pursuit of whatever whatever they're on at the moment. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, which is what the Eight of Wands is about, in case anyone is trying to remember what that card is. It's usually like one of the most simple illustrations, actually, mm-hmm. in the original RWS, because it's just like these eight wands or these big stave looking things just flying through the air really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and you typically just think of like... Flying by the seat of your pants. Kinda. Yeah, moving quickly. <laughs> 
um, decisively taking action, that kind of thing. Um, and so to like have that energy like reversed and like kind of stalemated a little bit. It's like, ah, you're being forced to slow down some here. Mm-hmm. Feels very appropriate based on what you've just said about Mars, but also mm-hmm. just kind of like where we're at with the podcast too. Mm-hmm. Like we have that death card and it's just kind of, we're adamant, we're ending the first season. So we've like ended this cycle Mm-hmm. and we're getting ready to like take a pause and slow down a little bit before mm-hmm. we come back later in November hopefully and yeah it it just feels really on the nose yeah and i'd like the death card as well for this too because libra being the autumn equinox or the sign that you know kicks off fall um, it's also the end of summer, and so that really ties in with death being like the ending, but also new beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and like the card I pulled actually is from the Lightseer's Tarot, and the death card in that deck it specifically is named Death and Rebirth, so it feels very appropriate because it's like it's an ending, but there's there's always another beginning after that mm-hmm. of something, and it it just names that very explicitly. Because, yeah, even with the seasons, like, it looks like everything dies. And, like, to some extent, some of it does, I guess. But a lot of it is just going dormant for a season mm-hmm. and then will come back in the spring. Yeah. Libra and Aries are both cardinal signs. So, you know, one begins spring, the other begins fall. So, yeah, they're the new beginning after the, the death. Yep, yep, yep. Makes sense. You want to jump into some solar eclipse stuff? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I can do that. We can do that. So, yeah, well, it's moving on. So two weeks after this um, full moon in Aries, we're going to have the uh, first solar eclipse in the sign of Libra uh, with the south node. And it's not the first ever solar eclipse in Libra. Libra, my mouth today. (laughs) Libra. These eclipses occur, uh, or the last time in the eclipses were occurring in the Libra Aries axis were nine years ago. So this would be the first in roughly nine years. And it's happening on 10-14. Did I say? I don't know if I said that already. Anyways, happening on 10-14 at 1.54 p.m. And it will be at 21 degrees of Libra within close conjunction to the south node. So we have, when we have new and full moons happening within 15 degrees of the north or south node, that's when we have eclipses. And if you're looking at the uh, your chart or just the, the transiting chart of the moment, uh, the nodes look like horseshoes. So the south, south node looks like um, an upside down horseshoe, like a bowl. And the north node looks like a horseshoe flipped up, like an N. Nice. Or lowercase N. So that's how you can can recognize those. So what I was noticing when I was looking at the eclipse, um, you know, no transit happens in isolation. There's, everything's, you know, everything's all connected. So I was looking up to uh, what... What's going on around the time of the eclipse? And what I noticed that was really interesting is that on the 9th, which will be uh, five days, around the 9th and 10th, Venus will move, or Venus will be in Virgo, and the moon as well, 
will also move into Virgo around the same time and they'll conjoin in an opposition to Saturn. And the moon or, or Venus is in fall in the sign of Virgo. Um, so that is interesting. <laughs> and, and so Venus is in fall. She's in opposition or conjunct the moon in Virgo and in opposition to Saturn in Pisces. What is really interesting about that fact is uh, Venus is the domicile ruler of Libra. So when we have this eclipse, Venus isn't aspecting her sign. Um, when, a, when a planet is in the sign right beside it, it doesn't have aspect. It can't, it doesn't connect by an angle. Um, so Venus doesn't have aspect. And so then what I normally look at is what about the exaltation ruler of the sign? And the exaltation ruler of the sign is Saturn, which also does not aspect the sign of Libra when it's in Pisces. So we have the, the domicile ruler Venus in the exaltation ruler Saturn in opposition to one another with Venus in fall and neither one aspecting the south node eclipse with Mars in Libra in detriment at the anoretic, which is a very critical and intense degree of Libra, which is like, it sounds like a lot and it is, <laughs> it is a lot. And I'm like, you know, if I was looking at someone's, someone else's natal chart, I would look to, you know, natal placements and see, okay, well, where are we getting um, help in this situation and this, in this lunar eclipse or, um, you know, where's Venus in the natal chart or where's Saturn in the natal chart or is maybe Jupiter present somehow. But just in the generalization of the transit, there's there's nothing to go to. So I'm, I'm thinking, what is this going to look like just in general terms or a broad sense? So I decided to pull some tarot cards to see if I could divine <laughs> how to best explain the, the energy of what will be happening right around this eclipse. And so I drew the Six of Cups first, which to me really does speak to Venus in the sign of Virgo, which is a very analytical sign. And the Six of Cups is about reminiscing, reminiscing on the past uh, for better or worse. And, um, in, in Virgo with Venus in the sign of fall, it almost gives more of a, maybe not a reminiscent, but maybe more of a ruminating uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, feeling there, possibly. Yeah. So before I tell you what card I pulled next, by the time the eclipse is happening, Venus will have moved past the direct opposition from Saturn and Mars will have moved out of the anoretic degree into Scorpio, which is the sign that Mars rules. However, before we get there, I feel like the card that I pulled speaks more to Mars's situation in the final degrees of Libra. And that card is the Tower. Boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's favorite card in the deck, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. What do you think about the tower here, Natasha? Because, I mean, I could probably not ex not not do a good job as you can about... 
nonsense nonsense everyone can read um everyone has their own personal nuance to bring to any interpretation yeah true but yeah like i don't know i like to kind of read them together as a narrative and based on what you said about venus being in virgo this kind of like analytical sign and then the six of cups were kind of looking back in the past and reviewing or possibly even ruminating on yeah. stuff it feels like that rumination mm-hmm. is leading to a tower moment like we're, we're looking back and analyzing something and realizing like oh Mm-hmm. I need to tear something down or I need to start over. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it can even possibly be with Venus, of course, and just the symbology of the six of cups with the two people it feels very relational. Yeah. You know, and, and the sign of Libra being this, you know, a social sign as well. It feels very relational. Um, like that may be, we might be ruminating on some sort of uh, relationship whatever type that be yeah or just like even the way you even if it's not necessarily like a specific person or relationship like maybe the way you socialize in general or like Mm -hmm. the way you move through your friend group or the way you communicate things among groups of people Mm -hmm. because when i think of the tower too i always think of foundations yeah and it's like sometimes you realize you just have stuff built on top of like a really shaky foundation and so that's part of why mm-hmm. part of the reason for the destruction is like ah, i've got to tear this down so that i can like build something sturdier mm-hmm. at the bottom yeah you know um yeah. so might be something kind of like that yeah. and mars is of course you know god of war and all of that feels very here for the demolition mm-hmm. <laughs> but hopefully yeah. like you said is, is Mars in Libra? Mars is in Libra. So, however, so Mars hopefully it'll is be a be, gentler demolition than yeah, usual. It's you know, like be a, a little bit a more diplomatic, diplomatic demolition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> however, yeah, and and I wonder even like if if it's not um, relational, as in your relation to someone else, if it might be your own relation to yourself or your past self, like um, maybe you're really ruminating on the stories that you've told yourself about who you are. Maybe yeah. there's something there that needs to be torn down and, and rebuilt. There's a realization coming through. Yeah. That. That's really beautiful too. Yeah. Cause I've definitely heard some readers talk about the six of cups as potentially like inner child work as mm-hmm. well. It's like, you're looking back to the past, but also maybe it's like, cause there's two children in that card um, with cups or whatever. And it looks like one is offering something to the other. Uh, and I think it was probably Lindsay Mack of like Wild Soul Tarot, um, you know, talk about like maybe this is an opportunity for you to give your inner child something that it did not receive when you were a child or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it could definitely be an yeah. internal relational mm-hmm. thing as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And Saturn being the um, planet that really rules, that rules over time um Mm. it it makes sense that it would be kind of a looking looking back to the past so after all that after you do all that (laughs) um (laughs) you know wipe your brow mars so (laughs) mars moves uh into scorpio which is mars's uh domicile so it's a much better place uh well suited for mars and martian type things and when Mars moves into 
Scorpio, Mars is now trining Saturn. And so a trine is also a benefic, a good um, aspect between the malefics, a good aspect between the malefics. <laughs> and so the third card that I drew was the, the star. So we're having the eclipse with Mars and Scorpio, trying Saturn and Pisces. We've got both of those water signs there. Yeah, but Saturn not, none of them are aspecting during during this eclipse. And the south node itself, um, since it's a south node eclipse, is very much about uh, releasing and letting go. Um, so, yeah. What do you think about the star card here? I think, I mean, you know, classic star stuff like it's it's very classic hopeful <laughs> yeah classic star stuff um blah, yeah blah, blah. i mean like it fits it fits the story so well um along with the astrology here because it's like it sounds like you know the the vibe or whatever around that eclipse is really one of kind of like looking back and shaking some things up mm-hmm. but all of that is to serve for a a star moment in the future. I think, you know, we can be so hesitant to change things mm-hmm. in general, like whether it is like an interchange, like you're changing a story you're telling yourself. It's so hard to let go of the stories we tell ourselves sometimes, even yeah. like the bad ones or especially the mm-hmm. bad ones, you know? Um, because like when you stop telling yourself bad stories about how bad you are, then you have to live up to the, oh, well, I, I am better than that, or I can be better than that. And sometimes it's easier mm-hmm. to just tell yourself shitty stories about yourself <laughs> than it is to, like, be put that pressure on yourself of, like, being better, I think. Yeah. yeah. But I think the, that story, yeah. That makes sense, because one of the little notes that I made about the um, Venus, a Saturn opposition, is the pressure that makes diamonds. Yeah. So I think at the end of all that, though, it's like we resist change so much, but so often when we finally like cave in to like making the change to shifting things up, mm-hmm. it's such a sigh of relief. And like the future looks so much brighter because you have opened up new pathways for yourself or like you're letting yourself consider possibilities that maybe you had convinced yourself were closed to you mm-hmm. before. And I think the stars can definitely be like a card of um it's potential but also connection because it's like you generally you don't look up and you see one star you look up and you see a whole sky of stars like there's so many um options out there for what the future can hold uh and i think there's something about like you know busting up a thing from the past whether you know internal stories or just social dynamics that maybe you you thought you were stuck with or trapped in um Mm -hmm. busting that kind of stuff up will open up the future in a way that hopefully feels really exciting and positive yeah yeah i love that i was just thinking also um just uh an fyi by the way when (laughs) we're having eclipses typically is not a good time for manifestation work. So I just want to put that out there (laughs) because when when the luminaries, especially the sun is eclipsed, there's this, there's, there's no light to, to be shed on, you know, how this, whatever it is you're manifesting might turn out. 
so for that reason, eclipses aren't typically a good time to be trying to manifest anything. Um, you can manifest things during an eclipse. You just have a very little certainty or control about how they they might turn out. Like you might get your wish, but it might actually not be how you hoped, or you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like <laughs> it might surprise you the way things work out. Yeah, they may. I mean, it, for better or worse, really. So it's definitely a dice roll. I'm not saying you can't manifest during an eclipse. I'm just saying I would be careful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, might be a might be a good one to just journal through. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I guess why don't we <laughs> why don't we talk about a tarot <laughs> spread and some tarot cards? Okay, okay, if we must. Um. Yeah, normally normally I would make like a spread for the full moon because that is the event that is happening um, closest to when this episode drops. But we just talked about the eclipse that's going to happen in October in Libra, and that's kind of where my brain is now. So that's, that's what the spread is going to be, folks. Um, <laughs> and I kind of just really liked the the story that kind of came out of the cards that you drew uh, when paired with the astrology. So I've kind of used that as my guiding points Uh because we talked about looking to the past uh, and learning something from that in order to change something in the present and hopefully lead to a positive realization for the future or, you know, a positive opportunity or outcome or just outlook Uh in general so i'm gonna keep the spread simple and just go with what in my past needs review how does it need revising and what positive change might it lead to and so you can kind of see the influences here of the cards that lauren drew Uh the past needs review that's our six of cups how does it need revising? That's our our tower moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, a gentler way to think of the tower. Yeah. Know, instead of like death and destruction and tearing down of things. It's just kind of like revision. What needs a little tweaking here? Um, and then what positive change might it lead to? And that's our, our beautiful star there at the end waiting for us. And that's just kind of like a little glimpse into how sometimes if I'm not sure what kind of spread I want to do, I can just draw cards and let the cards be the questions and that, you know, yeah. make your own spread that way. Like we um, talked about in, in one of our previous episodes. Yeah. Cut out all my shuffling noises in the editing. Well, uh, you have to keep some just for the... <laughs> I always do. It. I'm trying. I'm trying to um, remind myself to not talk and shuffle at the same time. That way, it's easier to edit the shuffling noises and make them quiet. Mm-hmm. All right. What in my past needs review? Interesting. I have the High Priestess. How does it need revising? Justice. What positive change might it lead to? A reversed Nine of Swords. Oh, how sweet. Um, yeah. Interesting. What in my past needs review? The High Priestess. I think probably something to do with my connection to intuition and trusting myself to make decisions and know what is best for me, Uh especially depending on, you know, how far back in the past, in my particular past, at least you look, 
um, you know, someone who's like raised in evangelical Christianity where you're taught that, you know, everyone's a sinner and we're all bad and women mm-hmm. in particular always just waiting to ruin men, that kind of thing. You can't trust any of your own desires. Uh, yeah. And so like unlearning a lot of that has definitely been a process. How does it need revising? Justice is interesting. It's a card that I... That's a Libra card itself. Or oh, the, well, yeah. the Libra card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The scales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think kind of it is just like a a rebalancing of the scales, recognizing that where I have power in my life and, you know, controlling that, I suppose, like recognizing that there are some things that are always out of our own individual control, right? Like society and the world and literal weather and stuff is always happening around us. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side of the scale are all of the things that um, we're in charge of, that we can control who we let in uh, and who we, we keep outside of our personal boundaries and, um, you know, recognizing when to trust ourselves and when to look for guidance outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that is all a balance and something that, you know, we can probably always be working towards to create better balance. Mm-hmm. And then what positive change might it lead to? A reversed Nine of Swords. So, like, Nine of Swords comes up a lot of times as, like, the anxiety card uh, in the Rider Waite Smith deck. It's someone, like, sitting up in bed. Looks like they've just woken up from a nightmare or something. And, yeah, I think, like, learning to trust ourselves a little bit and, like, keep those scales balanced of who we listen to and Uh what we trust or whatever can certainly help reduce anxieties a little bit especially around um decision making and trusting ourselves to make decisions for ourselves and know what is best for us yeah individually yeah the nodes themselves in regards to like that or justice card and the balancing and libra the nodes themselves like in modern astrology the south node is the thing is like the bad thing the thing to move away from and the north node is the thing to move toward and to aspire to but in hellenistic and even vedic astrology um, the nodes are more of a a balancing of the energies like if you lean too much on that south node or the say with the uh south node in libra too maybe you're le- you lean too much on other people you're not focusing on your on yourself as much or or vice versa if you're if you're leaning too much toward that north node and only thinking about yourself and and not balancing that out with the needs of those around you how that can be the nodes can also be problematic you know when you lean too far on towards your south node or you push too hard to what you you know your north node and your aspirations it's it really is a balancing act between the two learning what to what to let go of what to hold on to what to aspire toward but not at the expense of the south node and and the past lessons and things of that nature yeah it's interesting i think i heard maybe it was chani nicholas or something describe 
like the north and south nodes as like the head and tail of a dragon uh-huh yeah, yeah and to that's... remember that like the head of the dragon will never be satisfied mm-hmm. you know like it's fine to chase whatever is in that direction but to remember that it's like an unending hunger yeah the north node is chasing and to not let that carry you away yeah that comes from vedic astrology the story of rahu and ketu which was originally one one dragon whose head was cut off um i think it was by vishnu the god and so i i'm gonna i hope i don't butcher this but let me try and tell the story so the gods were all gathering together or all the planets, think of the planets and the gods that represent all the planets. They were all gathering together and they were going to drink this potion of immortality. And so the dragon shows up, even though he's not a planet and he's not supposed to drink the potion. He somehow gets <laughs> the potion and as, as he's going to swallow it when it's in his throat, um, his head is severed from his body. Oh. So he's never satiated with complete fully satiated, even though he does become now immortal because he did consume the potion. The, oh. yeah. Yeah. So do you see? <laughs> yeah. So that's just that's, head flying around <laughs> the head in the, so yeah. So you've got the head separate from the body. So going in, in the story, what it's supposed to be about really is, yeah, when you aspire or your your not your aspirations are too high, but basically kind of what you were saying, when you push too hard toward that that north node tendency and aspirations, they you don't satiate. Yeah, they don't. They can consume you, and and they don't satiate the 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 body, and there's there's no sense of wholeness. So it's really about balancing, um, balancing those energies out. Interesting. Ooh, oh, that was fun. I like mm-hmm. hearing stories. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm no expert in Vedic astrology by any means, but there are so there are things in modern astrology and even traditional Hellenistic astrology that have um, came from Vedic astrology, so or that are similar to Vedic astrology. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. I have to remember to like use my words sometimes. I'm over here like shaking my head, like yeah, cool <laughs> story, bro. But it's like nobody can see that. <laughs> I have to use my words. Um, yeah, so there it is. That's there's your little spread. I hope mm-hmm. you find it useful. And yeah, I mean that with the eclipse in mind. But obviously, you can do it whenever you want. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, never hurts to do a little reviewing. Mm-hmm. And and some things there there may be multiple things. So if you find the need, you can always uh, use the spread um, a few different times. Whenever, whenever the need arises. Yep, yep. You can always find them on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. So definitely check that out. Yeah, that's a very oh. good point. Like, even though we design a lot of the spreads around like the new and full moons, um, they don't typically have, they don't have to be only used like once the once the lunation has passed. The the tarot spread does not expire. Um, so yeah. if you're looking for a spread, a tarot spread, you're trying to I don't know divine something. Check out our past tarot spreads and and see if maybe there isn't something there that fits your situation as well. Yeah, for sure. You can always save those to uh, in collections or screenshot them as on Pinterest. I don't care. Uh, you know, whatever works for you. Um, is that all? 
I mean, unless we want to talk about the cat distribution system. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Well, I guess that is all. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you so much for sticking with us for our very first season. Mm-hmm. It has been a wild ride. It has. It has. I feel like I've learned a lot. I have doing too. this with you. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. Uh, hopefully, hopefully our listeners learned a few things as well. I think they did. Yeah. <laughs> she has faith in y'all. I do. Um. Yeah, that I guess. That's... Sagittarian optimism here for you. <laughs> it's beautiful. Love to see it. <sighs> All right. Yeah, there will be a, a little Out of Bounds Moon episode next week. And then after that, a little break. And we'll see y'all in November. Um, I'm supposed to have a song and I forgot. Oh, <laughs> you know what? The song is going to be a bonus. Y'all have to follow us on Instagram and we'll share the song there. There we go. Yeah. All so right. Straight up manipulation. <laughs> 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 Bribery. Uh yeah. See you on Instagram. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Hot Air Diviners. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean the world to us if you could rate and review the show wherever you listen. By leaving a review, you not only show support for the show, but you also help others discover the podcast. If you're interested in more Hot Air Diviners content, you can find us on Instagram and Substack as Hot Air Diviners. If you have a comment or a question you'd like us to answer on the show, you can email us at hotairdiviners at gmail.com. If you want more straight up astrology content, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Firemoon Astrology or book a reading with me through the link in the show notes. And if you're interested in more tarot, plus whatever else might spark my curiosity, you can find me, Natasha, on Substack and Instagram as The Present Pursuit. Thanks for being here and see you next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye.